0: This morning, look at, uh, looking at probably the most famous verse in the Bible other than perhaps in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. This one's in the New Testament. John three sixteen. You guys remember for years there were people at every football game would hold up signs in the end zone. John 3, 16, Nobody knew what they were talking about but it's cool. This is it. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that who Ever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave. Now, the word gave there really doesn't capture all because it was more than just giving. It wasn't just some little side thing God did here. He greatly sacrificed so that we could have life. Today, we honor Sacrifice. We do this every year at Celebration Church. We take one Sunday as we come up to the 4th of July and we just take a time to reflect on the freedoms that we enjoy as Americans and take time as a group of Christians to say thank you. Thank you to God for the blessings that we enjoy and particularly we want to say thank you to the men and women who through the years and currently who are serving uh, to make these liberties that we enjoy possible. Uh, We need to be careful that we don't just take these things for granted, that we are grateful. And as you see some of these young men and women who are here this morning in uniform, make sure that you take the time to thank them for what they do and thank them for their service. You see military men uh, as you're moving about or traveling around, again, just come up to them and say, hey, I don't know you, I just want you to know I Thank you for what you do. Thank you for it. It means a lot to them. We need to be grateful people. So this annual thing that we do is about just being grateful and showing respect. The Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. And in my mind, these men and women deserve great honor. This is not a political thing. There are political questions. I know a lot of people argue about politics. We're Americans. That's what we do. We yell and scream and holler and... Debate everything. And I know there's lots of debate about whether or not we should be in Afghanistan or in Iraq or whatever, you know, but that's a political question. We don't get into the political question here. And I know lots of people yelling today, you know, that our commander in chief is inexperienced. It's a bad thing. Others say, no, it's great because we get new ideas. Again, these are political questions and that's not what we're talking about today. Today, We do not tackle the political. We simply honor the brave men and women of our armed services who have sacrificed so much that others may benefit. Um, Every week, I dare say I get at least three, sometimes five emails or comments from people, uh, military families all over the world who are aware of what we do. Uh, the internet's a fabulous thing, and of course, we're on radio and television, and television splashes our faces uh, all over the place. It's, it's the crazy, I'll be in the weirdest places, and people come up to me and say, Aren't you Mark Gunger? You know, the first thing I think, Are you a bill collector? No, no, I don't want anybody. So, uh, but uh, um, in fact, I was in, uh, it was in London a, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I'm in front of Buckingham Palace, and this guy from India comes running up to me. Hey, hey, hey! I thought I lost something or I did something wrong. I said, "Why is this? Aren't you Mark (laughs) Congar?" And uh, that's amazing that people see us all over the place. And a lot of military personnel uh, have seen us. And then because either because of uh, our "Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage" seminar, a lot of chaplains around the world uh, take special retreats with uh, military families and then they'll play them my DVDs and stuff, and and it's great fun. I get great comments from them. One of the neatest things was about a year ago, I think, uh, uh, someone had taken a picture of a bunch of soldiers and their wives watching me on TV on a big screen. I could see the picture of me and all the families around them. Uh, But what was really amazing about it is this was in Iraq that they took this picture, and the real kicker was it was in one of Saddam's palaces. You know, (laughs) isn't that funny? (laughs) <laughs> I bet you old Saddam never thought that would happen. You know, Mark Gugger show today at three, you know. But, uh, but not only do they, they, they listen to that, but then they, they become exposed to the church and they listen to the messages that we share here at Celebration Church. And they listen to me and my brother Eddie and others who minister here and they hear the culture that we share and the truths that we share and, and they feel like they're a part of it. And, and it's great. We get this from people all over the world, and it's, and it's really fabulous. You know, uh, people don't envy us uh, because of our weather. This is true. Although right now, this is the one time of year that people actually come to Wisconsin on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> because we have nice weather right now for a couple of days. Uh, but anyway, but uh, they don't envy us for that. But uh, so many people, I mean, and I just feel fabulous when they do this. They envy us because of the wonderful church that we're all part of. You know, we may not be the most intelligent people in the world. We may not be the most perfect people in the world. We are probably the best looking people in the world. But... uh, (laughs) But, but, but this wonderful thing that we share and, and, and this openness and this freedom, and that's what I love about Wisconsin people. I love preaching here. It's like no place else in the world because we're just open and honest, real people. The BS factor is greatly mitigated here. I like that. There's parts of the country you go and just BS everywhere. Everybody's all plastic and phony and religious and... I hate that stuff. But here, people are just people. They're open. They're honest. And, and it's great that we can touch so many people's lives all over the world because of what this church is doing uh, and all the different ministries that we have. And again, uh, because of this uh, stuff that we're able to do online and stuff on our website. And we're hoping to even increase that so that our impact can be even stronger all over the world. God has blessed us. Jesus told us, look, freely you have received now, freely give. We shouldn't just take what we get for ourselves. We should look for however, in any other way, that we can minister to other people, be it in our local communities or whatever. But again, I am so thankful that we have the opportunity to touch so many people in the armed forces who email me and contact me and make comments about what they benefited from uh, this ministry. And, uh, and it's always such a blessing. To us, And we want to continue to remember them and, and, and pray for them. We particularly want to pray for the people that are part of our church family who are serving uh, overseas, particularly in war zones in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, we have great, uh, you know, little areas at the different campuses, I believe, uh, where you see pictures and stuff of some of the people that are serving. Take a look at those. Take a time. Get, it, get to know their names. Pray for them and their families during this difficult time. Ask God to protect them and, and to bless them and keep his hands around them. I, we just got word this week from uh, one of our families at the Stevens Point campus, the Pasinas. their son, Ty, was wounded in Afghanistan. A shot uh, in the leg and goes down and of course, you know, someone goes down and all the fire starts testifying there they want to kill him and, uh, but they didn't hit him anymore and one other soldier Uh, God bless him, I don't know who it was, but great sacrifice, where he took him, and in the midst of all this fire, pulled him to safety, at great risk of his own life, you know, and they came out okay, so praise God for that, so we want to continue to pray for these people, that God will surround them, and I believe God was protecting Ty, you know, I think there are angels over there just deflecting bullets. Ding, 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 ding. all these guys were pulling out of the way, you know. Saying, so, you believe that? Man, I believe anything's possible. I do know that people pray, and God hears prayers. And uh, so continue to pray for these people. But sacrifice is what we celebrate today, and we honor today. Sacrifice is really an essential core of the Christian faith. It's impossible to speak of the Christian faith, And not talk of sacrifice. From the very beginning, we read in the Bible the emphasis on sacrifice. When people came to worship God, they were to bring sacrifice. They would bring lambs and bulls and whatever. They would sacrifice them on altars. Uh, uh, And two things happened here. One, it was uh, looking forward to the time when the Lamb of God would come. The Messiah would come and be the final sacrifice. So they were looking forward to that. And the other thing, it was a great personal sacrifice to do this. You know, um, cows are not cheap, okay? Now, this is 2000. This is, this is the agrarian society. It's a big deal. You take, and they were not to take the sick cow. They weren't supposed to take the worst of the worst and the weakest and offer that, offer that up to sacrifice. Great condemnation and warning if they did that. They were to take the very best, the top, the yo mama bulls, the yo mama cows and, the, and the, the very best lambs and bring them to an altar and sacrifice them for seemingly no reason. But this was, it cost great sacrifice to them as an act of worship to God. Uh, on our uh, Wednesday night Bible studies, we've been going through the Old Testament and uh, I don't know if a month or so ago we were on one of our Wednesday nights, and, and uh, someone asked a great question. They said, when, when, when the Bible says that they came and brought sin offerings and stuff, were they, were they paying off their sins with money? Did they think that's what they were doing? And, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, at one time, 500 years ago, the church, established church, was selling indulgences, you know, try to raise money, you know, give us X amount of money, you'll pay off your sins. You know, you know this week only, 300 years out of purgatory, that quick, you know, that kind of stuff, <laughs> which was, was, was very bad. They don't do that anymore, but I mean, it was like, it was totally out of control. But I said, no, no, that's not what they were doing. They weren't, it wasn't buying indulgence. They weren't paying off their sins. It was part of their culture. They knew it was ingrained into them. You do not come before God and worship and have it cost you nothing. In their wildest minds, they would not think of coming to God and praying and celebrating and just walking out the door. No. They would never come unless it cost them something. They would give something. Even when they came and did their sacrifices for their sins, they still gave money. They wouldn't. There's a great story in, in the Old Testament King David comes to this one place and, and he wants to offer. Uh, sacrifices to God and this guy who's who owns the property is thrilled this is King David. was like whoa the rock star man it's the king of the nation is here and he comes to the king and says oh king here let me give you my best bulls and cows here you can sacrifice them to God I mean he was so excited it would be like if you were walking in the back of the church and someone gave you a thousand dollars and said, here put this in the offering and say it came from you a lot of us would go cool But not David. He was mortified. Mortified by the thought. He said, and and he said these famous words. He says, I will not offer something to God that doesn't cost me something. I'm not going to offer up sacrifice because you gave them to me. I'm not going to throw an offering because somebody else gave me money. I'm going to do something that cost me something. Again, it was part of their culture. They knew. They understood that true faith cannot exist without sacrifice because if there's no sacrifice you live in a vacuum it's not really true the christian church was built on great sacrifice as we read the new testament we read of how men and women sold some of them everything they had to bring it into the church we don't ask you to do that but this is how committed they were A lot of them took just properties they didn't need, just all the extra that they didn't sell, except for what they needed for their daily, and they sold it all. Any excess that they had, they brought it and gave it into the church. Great sacrifice, and the church thrived. But it was more than just money. Many of these people, it cost them everything to become a Christian. You know, today you might say you're a Christian and people around you at work, or some of your friends are like, ah, you weirdo, you know, that's, that's about the extent of it. But back in those days, you proclaim to be a Christian, it could cost you everything. Many of these people would lose their jobs, would lose their positions, property would be taken from them. And it kept getting worse and worse, and then it would start costing them their lives. Their children would be lined up in front of them, say, you stop this Christianity or I'll, I'll slit their throats. What would you do? What would you do? And they stood firm in their faith. Then it became part of their amusement in the Colosseums and they would take these people, people like you who claim to like Jesus, take everything from you and throw you into a, a Colosseum for sport as they cheered. They cheered and party, man. It was good. They laughed. As gladiators would slice them up or animals would rip them to pieces. You would think under such great sacrifice, this church would collapse and fall but exactly the opposite happened it continued to thrive amazingly and it's amazing if you read history if you look at the history of that period of time in what a short period of time how those people these committed people they turn the world upside down in a fraction of history and brought the Roman Empire to its knees as they began to recognize that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Wow! All made possible because of great sacrifice. Sadly, today sacrifice is something a lot of churches don't want to talk about, you know, these ultra-seeker-friendly churches, they call them. You know, don't say anything that might offend anybody because maybe they won't come. You know, we just want them to come. We just want them to come. I don't know to what end, but they, they never tell them to do anything because, you know, you don't want to offend anybody. But is that truly the message of Christianity? You have to remember, God is not some little girl that sends out invitations to a tea party and then sits there in hopes at the door. Ooh, I hope somebody will come. I hope they'll come. I hope I didn't say anything to make them mad at me. You know, Jesus, we read in John, the sixth chapter. This, this is an amazing time in his ministry now. You have to remember, at this point, Jesus is like the ultimate rock star of the day. They followed him by the thousands. And they didn't have cars, people. They had to walk for who knows how long. And they wanted to hear this man speak. And Jesus did talk of the love of God and the blessing. And this is great. But he talked about more than that. Now, oftentimes they would gather and they didn't even know what he was talking about because he was talking in parables, you know. You know, he'd talk in some parable and they'd all go, Huh? You know, they quite get my a little nugget, you know, because... Because they saw the miracles. How cool would that have to be? To see people who were sick or covered with leprosy or whatever. Brought. And who had just recently died and he lays their hands on them and they come back to life. Dude, that had to be cool. But the biggest thing. The thing that made the crowds go nuts. Is when he took bread. And he broke just a few pieces and fed thousands of people. Now, this is cool they came by the thousands and they clamored about him because he could feed them and if you read it Jesus was pretty appalled by the whole thing because I can feed you and at the height of his popularity Jesus turns and looks at them and says I tell you the truth Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now, he wasn't advocating cannibalism, and they knew that. A lot of people say, well, he's talking about communion. They didn't know anything about communion. There had been no communion yet. This is Middle Eastern culture. They're talking in terms. What he's saying is you need to have complete identification with me. You have to completely be engrossed in me. Wow, that's pretty tough words. He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. And verse 60 says, on hearing this, many of the disciples said, whoa, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Again, they weren't freaking out because of cannibalism. They knew what he was saying. What? Total? What? I'm not- total no no i had to do some miracles man make a sandwich you know this is cool total identification In verse 66 it says from this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him the rock star status was coming to an end as jesus challenged people hey sacrifice Sacrifice. Jesus turned to look at his disciples, the twelve guys. He says, "Well, do you guys want to leave too?" Verse sixty-eight. Simon Peter says, "Lord, where are we going to go? You alone have the words of eternal life." i going to invite our ushers to come at this time, and our musicians get ready for our communion. As you enjoy your Fourth of July this year and the summer, and you know, and it's great. Again, we are not one of these churches. That hammers on people. you got to be in church. Every single Sunday, you're going to hell. We don't think in those terms. We don't talk. in Now, you need to be committed. I mean, you need to be more than, you know, just when the weather's right. I mean, come on. You should be a committed part of this community so you can grow in your faith. But if you take some time off, you want to go camping or something like that, that's cool with us. you go somewhere nice, take me with you. Okay? But as we've been talking about, don't forget God this summer. And we've come through a very difficult time this year, as many churches, most churches all across America, came through a very difficult time as the economic downturn came. We came through pretty amazingly, considering some churches, they were just devastated with what happened to them financially. We had to make some tough decisions, but we stayed responsible. We've paid our bills. We live within our means. But now summer comes, and as I said a few weeks ago, I just began to grow and go, oh, summer. What happens in summers? offerings drop down. And it's not because people don't care. It's just they forget. I was out of town. Let me encourage you. Don't forget your church this summer. Have a great summer. Have fun. Take whatever time off you need. But if you can't be around, go online. Give online. Continue to support. You're going to be on town, throw an extra check. When you come back, make up for where you were at. Your offerings, though they may not seem to you it's when lots of people don't do that it really, it really hurts the church and it keeps us from doing what God has called us to do minister to you, to your children, to your grandchildren to reach out to people wherever we can and share the love of God with you uh, our radio, our television program in central Wisconsin these things would not exist actually we were getting ready to cut back our program in central Wisconsin just because of the cost. One family at the Stevens Point campus stepped up and said, we'll pay it. We'll pay it. God bless them. You know, Thousands of people this morning are hearing our messages. we share the love of God because of the sacrifice of a single family. You know, as, as you see, maybe you see things in the church you think, you know, I, I really care about this thing or that thing. What can I do to help? Let's stay connected. Let's stay people- but more than just money, be part of the kingdom. What about your time? Get involved. Get your kids involved. Take your teenagers and go down to manna for life or something for a day and feed the hungry. Let them experience that. They don't want to do it. They're teenagers. They don't want to do anything. What do you care? <laughs> Drag their butts out. Put them to work. Get them involved. Get them ushering. Get them in a the choir. Get them Get connected. Remember. True faith with no sacrifice is an illusion. It's a vacuum. So I got kids raised up in churches, and they, as soon as they leave, they just run from God's really not a part of the life. And they're sitting there. Just sitting here. Just sitting in church doesn't make you a Christian any more than sitting in a garage turns you into a Buick. That is one of the weird things in Green Bay, by the way. You notice how many people sit in their garages? Isn't that weird? It's a Green Bay thing. I've been all over I don't know of any place where you drive around and people are like chilling in their garage. <laughs> I mean neighbors are coming on and they're all hanging out in the garage. What is that? I that's, I still have not caught up to that one. I've never thought, let's go call over some friends and hang out in the garage. I mean I just doesn't work for me, but It takes more than sitting in the garage to turn you into a car. It takes more than just coming to church and sitting. I appreciate that you come, but get them involved. Get yourself involved. Sacrifice. That's when things start becoming really real. We're getting ready to serve communion now. This is when we turn to the central experience of the Christian faith. Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, died on that cross for the sins of the world. He didn't want to do it. He prayed, Father, if there's any way I can get out of this, please. Please. But he knew there was nothing we could do. He said, I'm good, and I'm not such a bad guy. Hey, we're all bad guys. Compared to God, we are a mess. So well, I'm okay. I recycle. <laughs> 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 I don't care. You can recycle to the day you die. It's not going to make any difference. I don't kick the neighbor's dog. I want to kick the dog, but I don't. I'm not as bad as the guy next to me. Well, what do you do? The reality is we are hopelessly lost. Look, if you could have been good enough by yourself, Jesus would have said, be good enough by yourself. That would have been the end of it. He didn't want to die on that cross. He prayed, Father, let this cup pass from me drops of blood dropping for his forehead. He did not want to do this, but he knew. Without that, sacrifice we could not have forgiveness of our sins you can't buy it you can't earn it there's nothing you can do we come humbly to the cross and we say father forgive me for i've sinned we receive his grace and forgiveness into our lives all made possible because of this great sacrifice we celebrate now i'm gonna invite everybody to bow your heads in a word of prayer if you've never truly advantage, taken advantage of this gift of forgiveness in your life i'm gonna pray a prayer t- together i'm gonna to invite everybody to pray it If you'll pray this and mean this, you can begin to really experience this wonderful sacrifice that we've been talking about today. Let's pray this together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and that you love me so much. You went to the cross and you sacrificed. You took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sin. I now surrender myself to you. Amen.